0: Just a little bit closer than you would have liked, but you pull away with the win and go on the road trip and go four and zero on a road trip, and the lakes the Los Angeles Lakers, are now now sixteen and two and have won nine games in a row again with another long winning streak for this team and this was not fun it was difficult for the especially for the first three quarters but let's get into all that in just a minute i am greg bergman at bergman greg on twitter and at bergman greg on instagram i'm live on all those different channels you can find me on instagram you can find me on twitch you can find me on periscope and twitter and you can find me on youtube youtube.com slash showtime forum so big win it was very important for anthony davis to get to a win in New Orleans. I know all us Laker fans wanted this to happen, wanted to get this win. It was difficult for the first two and a half, three quarters, most, even most of the fourth quarter. It was just a game where the Pelicans came out. They looked really good. And just like most bad teams, because let's not get it confused. The Pelicans are still a bad team. They came out, they were hot from, from three early. They went crazy in the first half. They went Then they still looked pretty good in the, in the third, in the third quarter. And then, Anthony Davis, LeBron James kind of... LeBron mostly took over and was huge. And a lot of it, I think, has to do with a a little bit of a switch because... Um, Drew Holiday was killing, absolutely killing the Lakers in the first half. 25 points in the first half. They made a switch where they had Alex Caruso spend most of the time on Drew Holiday. He ended up with only four points in the entire second quarter, second half. So that's a huge thing. So we were talking about it on Twitter a little bit. If you're Frank Vogel, there was a couple things that you really needed to fix. You needed to fix the three-point shooting. Uh, you needed to fix have somebody get on to Drew Holiday and really to have have cause him some issues and really get him to slow down a little bit because he was destroying the Lakers and you needed to get inside more and play with play inside which would open up the three point game and it did exactly just that LeBron was getting to the line LeBron was getting to the bucket uh, Anthony Davis had 41 points 41 points is the most ever ever. In a return to a team that he once played for, that is the most points ever scored. So thank you very much for that. And by the way, George Santiago, happy Thanksgiving to you too. I really appreciate it. Uh, Adam McGuire19, it's been a minute. I was here on Tuesday, so, you know, or on Monday. So minute, you can call it that if you'd like. Uh, Blake St. Clair on on YouTube says that was way too close again. You kind of expected it. I think if you were here with me in the last game, if you were on, on Monday, talking about this game specifically said this was going to be a tough game you were not going to hold the the pelicans to under 100 points It was going to be a close game they were going to come out and try to just put their foot down because you're playing against Lonzo obviously didn't play but Ingram and Hart both wanted to prove what they were what was missing when you when you got rid of them Obviously, you make that move every single time for Anthony Davis, but they were upset about it. And you can understand why. And so this is what you're going to get. And now AD man, choice fielder. Huge game from Anthony Davis despite getting hit in the elbow. LeBron got hit in the knee. All from Josh Hart, by the way. Josh Hart decided that he wanted to take out both guys all by himself. Uh, Donovan Bryant eight. Refs tried their hardest. Look, I don't like complaining about refs. But this game seemed a little weird. There was a lot of foul calls. Uh, yes, there were some foul calls. Oh, you have to go both ways, but there were some really, really weird foul calls at the end of the game, especially that KCP one on Brandon Ingram, where Brandon Ingram put up his elbow put up his arm and just went straight. They're saying that he hit him on the elbow. There's no chance. I we watched that from every single different angle, and there was there was no touch on the elbow whatsoever. And then you go and you have the referees go and look at it again and say, nope, still nothing there. It's a little bit crazy there. It's a little bit weird. Uh, Peter M on YouTube says elbow scared me. Yeah, scared was very scary. It was that's exactly what it was. It was scary. It was the emoji with the hands on your face thing. Which, I don't know how what that actually means, but that's what it was. It was the hand on the face emoji. Like, oh my god, I'm scared. Anytime Anthony Davis has to leave a game because of an injury, we're all very scared. RyTron29, what's up, RyTron? What's up, Ryan? Another slow start to the game. Does it worry you? I think slow starts are a part of this, uh, part of this team, and a lot of it has to do with JaVale McGee. And we've talked about this game in and game out, that JaVale McGee is one of those guys that... Whatever you get from him is just gravy. Whatever you get is, is fine. And same with Dwight Howard, he just doesn't fit on that t- on that on that starting lineup. They're gonna keep him there because you're winning. You're sixteen and two, so you're not gonna change it. But the slow starts are gonna kind of happen because that's what you that's what you're getting. Especially when KCP's is missing shots, you know, you're trying to go all the way through Anthony Davis. He, he I think he had seventeen in the first quarter, but you're trying to get basically give Anthony Davis his points because. Let's face it, the Pelicans have zero bigs, pretty much, besides Jackson Hayes and Kenrich Williams. And I really thought we were going to lose because of a Kenrich Williams three-pointer or a Kenrich Williams offensive rebound, which would have been very disappointing. But you're trying to go through Anthony Davis in the post, so the slow starts are going to kind of happen, especially in that first quarter when he's stepping out and shooting follow-away jump shots all the time. I just don't understand why that was what their game plan was. When they have no bigs, the bigs, you want to be inside as much as possible there. And that's not what they were doing. But as it came through, they went through into the second half, started going more through there. It was really started in the second quarter when they started, when Dwight Howard came in. And all of a sudden they're like, here, you take it, Dwight. Just go up, get your shots, get your points, and do what you got to do. And Dwight was four or five from the field. To go back to JaVale McGee. 2-4 13 and 13 minutes that's kind of what's happening he's just slow he's slow to get up to go for a block he's not in the flow of the office he's not like active on the boards so those are types of things that are going to make it a little bit harder susie and brand that's all folks go lakers that's all that matters look a win is a win and you're banking these wins right now last time on monday when we were doing this post game we talked about what the schedule looks like in december being 16 and 2 with a 14 game Cushion into going into December, where you have fourteen games of pretty much all tough games. Because, like I'll have to say, the the easy even the easy games when you're in the middle of a tough road stretch are not that easy because they're, everybody's giving you their all and they're kind of like trap games because you're thinking about the back-to-back with Denver and Utah or the game that you have to play against Milwaukee in a couple nights or just you have a game against the Clippers coming up. Whoever it happens to be, you have to be in Miami with a night down who's playing really good basketball. With the, you have the Indiana Pacers who are actually playing good basketball. So all of these things are issues when you get into that type of so it's gonna be tough it's a very tough december so to have these 16 wins banked already going into december huge huge deal and if you can take the game against the wizards on friday and be and even that game against Dallas, which is going to be difficult on sunday then you can start off on the right foot in december uh all right let's get some more to your topics we got uh anthony c tan says they miss bradley bradley is a very good defender he i don't know really much what's going on but he's going to be um He's going to be a little, he is a little bit injured. Hoodie Beasley, 7'10", played Chick's fridge call. Thought Allen was going to jinx it. I, look, I'm glad that he did play that. He, it was Chick, it's Chick Hearn's birthday today. So happy birthday to the legend, the absolute, the greatest um, play-by-play guy I have ever heard. That's including Vince Scully, although they're like 1A and 1B. But Chick Hearn was the man and loved everything about him. So congratulate, happy birthday to him. And I love when they play those, those clips. It's always a good thing. Did Kuzma play Blake Sinclair? Yeah, he had some pretty big three-pointers in the fourth quarter that got everything close That where you were down double digits for most of the game to this Pelicans team. And Kuzma in the fourth quarter was big. He came in and, and he made some really, really big shots. So, yeah, he absolutely played. Uh, Nostromo, 0729. Seems like Rondo likes to freeze Kuzma out. Kuzma and Rondo on the same... Team on the same, on the floor at the same time, just don't really click all that well. I'm hoping that that's something that gets worked out, especially since it's been year two now for those two playing together. We'll see. Donovan Bryant 8. Do we have the Warriors syndrome where we don't try in the start and then turn it on during the fourth? So I think that's what's interesting. I don't think they're just trying to lose in the first quarter. They do make great adjustments in the second half, and most of that is because of Frank Glogel and Lionel Hollins and Jason Kidd making the right decisions and changing things up and using Alex Caruso to guard uh, Drew Holiday for the most part because he was destroying them and and Caruso can stay in front of Holiday, so that was that was a very big switch they made. And because of that, Caruso, I think he had a, he had a ton of minutes. He had twenty five minutes. Where I don't think he had very many in the first half. A lot of those minutes came in the second half. But this is what we've been seeing for most of the time when it comes to the teams that the Lakers have been playing recently. When it comes to teams like Memphis um, and you know and, and Charlotte and teams that get on these hot shooting streaks and shoot really really well in the first half and they're shooting like i think Memphis went 8 of 8 at one point in the game and was just d- draining three pointer after three pointer it happened again tonight but they're not built for that fourth quarter and that's why the lakers usually come come through because good teams in the fourth quarter are all, as as when they get really turn it on for the most part what you're thinking is all right so we're through three quarters as long as we keep it close We know we can outplay them in the fourth quarter, and that's essentially what they did. Um, It got close. There was a lot of weird little foul calls here and there that eh, maybe should not have been called, let's be completely honest. And LeBron actually went up to the TNT guys at one point after that Phantom KCP shot um, foul on Brandon Ingram and was saying, like, once they make the call, they're not going to overturn it. Even if we try and do it, they're not going to overturn it. They're not going to say that they were wrong at any point. And I tend to agree with them because most of the time a referee is going to say... Look, this was the call we made. If it's not completely outrageous, then we're not going to change it. And really, that one was outrageous. I don't know how else to put it, but it was absolutely outrageous. Uh, On Instagram, Baja Fresca says, I understood why fans would be upset with AD's return, but booing him the whole game, it seemed excessive. Look, you know what? I actually give them credit. The fact of the matter is, they did it for the entire game. Every time that Anthony Davis had the ball, they booed and look, that was commitment. They went through with it from the beginning to the end. You're not going to probably see it again, but they had to on that first one. I totally understand it. It's a, the opposite team. He, did, Anthony Davis left in a very unceremonious way where he basically he forced himself out. He was sat because of the coaching staff sat him, and he also probably wanted to sit out as well. Even though he said he would play, he was really not didn't really want to play, especially not get hurt, especially with the way that he plays kind of with a reckless abandon. And so when he does those, I understand how they're upset. And you didn't see LeBron, um, Anthony Davis, put out the full page ad. He didn't put anything on Instagram like saying thanks for the city of New Orleans and all that kind of stuff, which fine, he has no right, he doesn't have to, but I can understand why the fans were upset, and I understand why Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart really wanted to show out tonight, and show what they can do when you're not with the Lakers, and you know, look, Brandon Ingram had a tough, tough game, where he was 11 from three-point range, he only was 4 of 21, he did all of his damage at the free-throw line, where he was 13 of 13, which, man, if he was 13 of 13 last year in games, we would have been fans, would have loved it, but him and jo- and Josh Hart, they you know they played to their be- to best abilities. Josh Hart was okay, nothing amazing, but he was he was okay. He did hit a couple of three pointers. He played with a lot of um a lot of energy that we're used to seeing from Josh Hart. And look, I got no I have no hate for either one of those guys. I know Josh Hart said some really messed up things on his podcast that was not supposed to get put out, but obviously it did get put out. Um, but Look, Brandon Ingram, I always thought Brandon Ingram was going to be a great player. I thought he was going to be an all-star at some point. And he was trying to show that, and it kind of got into his head a little bit. So, either way, the Lakers came away with a win, and I think that's the biggest thing, that all that really matters in all of this is that Lakers came away with a win. A win at the end of November. That's all that matters. We got into that. Zelfred Guerrero, Ronda was not helping Kuzma. No, they don't. Kuzma bad. I I mean... I, look, Kuzma was bad in the first half and in the third quarter. When he, I don't think he played much in the third quarter or even at all. But in the fourth quarter, he went off. Look, Kuzma started making shots in the fourth quarter. He ended up with 16 points and he was 4-4 four for four from three-point range. Those are big three-pointers. And f- at least three of those were in the fourth quarter themselves to get the to Lakers too tied or ahead in the game. Kuzma was big. Kuzma hit some big shots. Now, saying that at the same time, he may be one of the most frustrating players to watch in all of basketball. I loved what he did in the fourth quarter, but everything before that was really, it was rough. He made a couple of shots. He wasn't taking very many, but he just was difficult to watch where he's bouncing around and he's not really having control of the ball. He loses it real easily. He has bad hands. Um, and I think that's partly why uh, Rondo was not trying to force feed him into the post because Kuzma doesn't have the best hands and best catching abilities. But when he's catching and shooting behind the three point line, He's been great in that situation and showed it tonight, 4 of 4. So as much as we want to hate on Kuz, he had big shots in the fourth quarter when they actually mattered and when you were going to get, which helped with that win. DJV Incredible looks like Kuz got in his eye again. that. Yes, he did. He hit a couple of shots and then he got hit in the eye again. But he seemed to be okay after that. Coach Cole, what's up with Danny Green? Ah, look, I, I wish I had an answer for you with that. I think Danny Green still has some pretty decent numbers I'd have to look them up, but Danny Green from three point range has been rough for the last from what I've seen, rough from the last couple games, I maybe even for like the last couple weeks, he's not hitting with regularity unless it's in a corner three. He's doing real he's hitting his corner threes really really well, but the last 10 games from the three point range, he's hitting 36%. I mean, that's still low for him. On the regular season he's hitting 41, but It's down over the last ten games, and it seems that way. He seems to be missing more of his shots from the three-point line, which, that's kind of why he's here to play good defense, which he usually does, and to hit some three-pointers. And so, 36% for him, which is not bad. It's low for him, and that's the problem: is that that he's not in that right around that 40% range that we're kind of used to, even though he's there for the season. But I don't know what's going on with Danny Green. It's, he's starting to frustrate me too, but I but he's Danny Green, so I'm I'm okay with him. DJ gets in foul trouble, can't get in a groove. It's true, but that's because he is very active. His hands are very active on the defensive end. He gets called, he gets called for some tiki-tack fouls that I think are happening a lot more towards the beginning of the season because they're just trying to say like, "Hey, these are fouls. Get it ready. You know you can't do this." So make sure you go ahead and um, and like we're gonna tell, we're gonna call these fouls now. Towards the end of the year, he's gonna get away with a lot more of those, and then he'll hopefully be in a better rhythm. Jay Franco G, did Bi hit thirteen free throws in his entire Laker career? Never seemed like it, did it? Uh, Will Staples Center fans boo Hart in L.A. after his talking on podcast? No, I mean, I mean, I think there might be some spattering of, of boos, but let's think about it. like, look, it's Josh Hart, okay. This isn't, this isn't Anthony Davis, this isn't LeBron, this isn't Giannis, this isn't Kawhi, this isn't a top 5, top 10, top 20 player in the league. We're talking about Josh Hart. We're not going to go ahead and start booing Josh Hart, who's not a top 100 player in the league. That's just a waste of a boo. I mean, let's be honest. I loved Josh Hart when he was here, and I thought that he was going to be that guy that was, you know, 10, 12 years. Hits them three-pointers, 3 and D guy, nothing else, much more to him. Great, but to boo him, no. I don't think we boo him. There might be a couple of people, but it's a waste. Don't don't even waste your breath. Happy Thanksgiving, all. Yes, Peter M. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Hell, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. That's tomorrow. And by the way, once I'm done with this tonight, I am done for the weekend. You will not see me on Twitter. You will not see me on here. I am done with work completely for the weekend. I'm taking a break. A much-needed break. Uh, Chris Camelo won, C Camelo won, excuse me. Hart created two extra possessions with his hustle tonight, one that led to a three and the other that led to a free throw. Yes, those were the types of things that he does, and that's why I liked him with the Lakers. But still, uh, you're not going to waste a boo on him. Donnie Ekbote says, The Lakers are starting to build bad habits as they face more and more non-contenders. We are going to need to shore those up before we hit January when our schedule gets hard, gets way harder. Before, how about December? December, the schedule gets extremely hard. Those are 14, even with the easy games, those are all 14 tough games when you're in the middle of a stretch like that. Yes, they do, but you also are going to, I mean, we haven't really seen them play against a good team too often, and when you do, you're like, okay, let's see if we can get back to the way that they're trying to play. It's going to be difficult. When you have a two-man game, like you do with LeBron and, and Anthony Davis, it's difficult to say those types of things because who they're going to keep you in game in game out. It doesn't matter who you're playing. I don't care if you're playing the Clippers. I don't play if you're playing Milwaukee. It doesn't matter. When you have those two superstars on your team, you're going to keep it close and always have a chance to win. So it's, it's about the other guys. Kuzma stepping up and hitting shots. KCP coming, stepping up and hitting some shots. Uh, Quinn cook, which who hasn't really been playing. Sorry. Troy Daniels hitting wide open three pointers in the corner. Those are important for him. Those are the types of things that he really needs to be hitting. Uh, Rondo needs to be playing better because he's just been poor for the most part. Um, When you have uh, JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard, whatever you get from them is extra, but they need to get that extra. We need to be seeing, combined from them, 15 points, 10 boards combined. I think that's a pretty strong number between the two of them that I think is all right. Uh, I got Joe Cool 1967. Even our easy games have turned into tough games. That's what everybody's going to give you everything. You are now the Lakers. You are now the Lakers again. This isn't the Lakers from last year where nobody, where no one really cared. They knew they could just blow you out in the fourth quarter. Now you're starting to see what other teams were seeing against you the, the, the last six years. Where Now you're seeing, and we've talked about this towards the beginning, where they're going to be really good for the first half and probably most some of the third quarter, but with the adjustments and things happening the fourth quarter the third and fourth quarter is where this team really takes off and against bad teams they're going to blow them out or they're going to have they're going to take wins they probably shouldn't have won like tonight they shouldn't have won tonight and by getting that win that's all because of what happens in the fourth quarter and how they have their legs still in the fourth and have the and have the players to to get wins it's totally different mg's raiders three point shooters go to the lakers and forget how to shoot <laughs> it's, it's not Untrue. (laughs) You're right. Team Black Beast Kuz is not a post up guy. He is a slasher, and Rondo and the other guys need to be aware of that. That's I totally agree with. I think Kuzma wants to be a a a post up guy, but this is what you need from Kuz. You need him to be the three point shooter and the slasher that gets to the rim. I don't want to see him posting up, even though he'll hit a couple every once in a while. That's not his game. That's not the game I want to see from him. I want to see him just being those two things. Around the three-point line and slashing to the basket. Let the other guys fill up the lane. Let LeBron and Anthony Davis fill up the lane better. And if you want to slash through, great. Otherwise, no. Uh, Hart just got mad. He got traded uh, from Kayla X May. Don't miss him. Yeah, of course he is. I mean, I think when you leave the Lakers, you're going to be a little upset. Um, Julian Geist, 2019, 16-2, never thought that the Lakers would be this good. It's great to see it. But because we watch this this team on a regular basis, on every single night basis, and watch all their practices, and watch, go to Showtime Forum, and see all what's happening off on off days, and all those types of things... We type. We tend to nitpick and see the little things that are problems, and that's a good thing. That's why you come here because it's not always going to be roses and like, hey, this is this team is playing so well. They're so good. They're 16 and two. There's more to it. There's issues that need to be fixed, and I think that's where Frank Vogel comes in. And I think he's doing the right things, and that's contributing to getting to that 16 and two mark. Faceless God. While Kuz was good at hitting threes tonight, he is becoming a liability on defense. He has to figure something out soon. Yes, he does. Um, He's always been a poor to okay defender, and he's still right around there. Uh, Blake St. Clair, Kuzma's ability to jack up threes isn't my worry. He appears on the other side of the floor and disappears on the other fly. People can say he is still finding his legs, but he has never had good footwork or defensive IQ. He hasn't. He's been working on that. I have to give him that. But he's—I I think the bit, the part that you had in there. People can say he is still finding his legs. I think that's a thing. I think that's a real thing. It still takes some time. We can't go too much into him right now, but it's gonna start getting close because I'm the same way. I'm—he I, I, is extremely frustrating to me to watch. Kuzma is the most one of the more frustrating players on the Lakers to watch game in and game out. It everything that he does, it just seems a little off. And you're looking at it and you're saying, God, like, why are you doing this? Pass the ball out. Go get into the corner. Don't don't dribble drive there. You're gonna lose the ball, which he does. Um, it's there's a lot of things that about his game that frustrates me, but I think it's I'm not alone in that. Uh, DJ won agree with Team Blackbees, and it does not help having him in with A. D. Braun when the when the whole offense is stagnant he needs to be in there with ball movement. I uh, yes, and that's where I think he really that's why he's better on the second team, but if he's one of the only ones actually hitting three-pointers, you need him on there with LeBron and Anthony Davis because he's the only one hitting three-pointers. So, and that's a big part of their game where they're passing out, they're driving to the basket and hitting open guys. And if no one else is hitting them, it's that's just you, you got to hit those. Uh, Rondo is frustrating tonight. So Cal King thirty-two. First time I've said that this season. He's frustrating on a lot of nights, especially defensively. One uh, FC Barca. Do you think Lakers need another player? If so, whom? I do. I do think they need another player, and I think they need a three, a, a true three and D guy. I think they need a true third scorer. That I don't think that Kuzma is turning out to be that guy yet. You need somebody that can hit a three pointer with regularity consistently A guy like, but not. You're not going to get him. But a guy like JJ Redick. I think that's going to come right around the the um, the, the uh, trade deadline. When you get around the trade deadline in February, I think that's when you're going to start seeing guys. We're going to start really good, going deep into Who is the three-point shooter on a bad team that you can make a move for that maybe you can bring in here? Because they're not going to stay stagnant at the, at the trade deadline. It's just not going to happen. They know that they need to get better in certain areas. And I think the three-point shooting is that spot. Because look at it. Let's see what we had tonight. Uh, the Lakers tonight were 8-24 of 24 from three-point range. 8. 8 when you're playing against teams like Houston, like um, you know other teams that are they're that shooting a crazy amount of three point shots. All these teams, like the Clippers, hit three pointers. Um, the the Milwaukee Bucks hit a bunch of three pointers. They have ev- basically everybody can shoot them. Seventeen from the Pelicans tonight. They were seventeen of forty from the three point range. That's that's a huge number. That's f- over forty percent from the three point range. That's tough to beat. And to the fa- you, despite them hitting f- over forty percent, which I understand most of that was in the first in first half because they were unstoppable from the three point line, um, in the first half. It's still you have to be better in that right there. Aaron Larsoul, what's up, man? Greetings from NOLA, boys and girls. Hey, I forgot to text you, Aaron. But did you sit next to um, Michael Thompson? If you got, you can answer any questions from Michael Thompson. That would be fantastic. So if you're watching, Aaron, go ahead and go ahead and, and ask. You can go ahead and ask. Aaron any question there just add him at Aaron Larsuel, A A R O N L A R S U E L hit him up on the periscope right now and just add him he will answer all of your questions right now and if he's sitting next to MT maybe MT can give him some of those answers as well because he knows as much Laker basketball as anybody uh 3x 3xS what about bringing in Lance or JR Smith who we can get hot who we know can get hot in the playoffs Absolutely not for either one of those. We've seen the Lance Stevenson experiment, and it doesn't work. And J.R. Smith, there's no chance that I have any interest in J.R. Smith after what happened there. It's not going to be those types of guys. But it is. I mean, Jr. Smith does hit three-pointers, but he kind of falls apart in the playoffs where you don't really see him hitting very many of those. Jag Lakers for life. Winning games where we play this bad is reminiscent of championship Laker teams. Yes. Yes, it is. It, this is a lot of things that happen consistently. When you're playing bad teams, sometimes you play down to their level of competition. That's just how almost all of sports are. You hate to see it, but it's also, again, let's remember it's November, but at the same time, you want to see them playing well throughout the entire game, but you know that they're going to put, turn it on in the fourth quarter, which they did tonight. They took a lead. I thought they were going to blow them out after that. But uh, I mean, whatever happened, whatever you want to say happened, where some calls whistles were a little bit odd, which I hate seeing that type of thing. But when it when it's as egregious as that was, some of those were some really bad calls, and they were at the at the monitor way way too much at the end of the game. It was just frustrating. It slowed down the game. And look at it; it's ten o'clock now, and this game started at six thirty. I should have been basically done at this point. So a little bit frustrating for that to happen. Blake St. Clair, Javale, Kuzma, Caruso, and Rondo would be an ideal lineup for some stretches to give LeBron and AD quality rest, so they don't have to load manage later in the season. I don't expect to see a lot of load management. It's just one of those things. <laughs> um, I, I everything that LeBron is saying, and LeBron's going to do whatever he wants. He's saying he does not want to load manage. I can see him missing a game here and there. He's not going to play 82 games. I just I, I doubt it but he, he if he's healthy and wants to be out there he's going to play because he missed basically all of last year he was out for the entire summer he was he's rested he's relaxed he's like i'm ready to go so that's that how much longer is Bradley out? Jay Franco. G. that was something that Aaron would be able to know a little bit better. I don't think anything... I, I haven't seen anything saying that he's going to be back anytime soon. Originally, it was one to two weeks, but I don't know what else is happening. Aaron, if you got an answer on Avery Bradley about how long... Because he's there on the road with them. Aaron, if you see anything... If you know anything about Avery Bradley, please throw it up in the chat there. Uh, Aaron also says he ain't on the bus yet, but I, will, but I will when he gets on the bus. There you go. See? So we might get a little MT appearance in the chat room through Aaron... So Aaron really could just be like, hey, I'm MT now. I'm going to answer your questions as MT. But if he's the one typing, I will know it, and you will know it. If, if MT is actually the one answering the questions, you'll see it. Uh, Aaron Larsul says about Avery Bradley, reevaluated once we get back to L.A., but has been doing some on-court work during pregame. So that's good to know. I'm glad to hear that Avery Bradley is back on there. Seven, Mr. Teacher Man 13. That's a whole long, weird... That's a Mr. Teacher Man. Uh, Do you think the Lakers are playing LeBron too many minutes? I think that eventually we're just talking about this. It comes with the load management discussion. But no, I think he's going to play as many minutes as he wants to play because of who he is and the fact that he missed so much time. 38 minutes, too many minutes. I agree. I would like to see him in that 30 to 32 range every single night. But you need to be up big for those types of things to happen where you can sit him for longer stretches. It didn't happen tonight because the Lakers were down by double digits for most of the game. So he doesn't have a chance to really sit too long. And those are, these are the types of games where you are going to have to play him in that 38 minute mark. Most games, I would expect them to either be closer in the score or be ahead by a decent margin. And then you can kind of sit him and have him around that 30 to 32 range. But you're going to have these games where he's playing 38 minutes. I think, yes, I do think it's too many. But he's going to play whenever he feels like it. Uh, Genius says, because he's not getting consistent minutes. Uh, that was about somebody. Not sure who that was for. So sorry about that, Genius. Uh, Zelfred Guerrero's refs were horrible. I mean, they weren't great. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to complain about refs. But I again, it was weird. That's about as far as I'm going to say about that. They made some strange calls, especially that KCP call, the phantom KCP elbow call. Um, there's also, the like they went to the monitor way too many times where the ball went off of, a, off of a, a Pelican and they had to go check it. Was it a clear path foul? Was it not? There was way too often going back and forth to it and it was really quite annoying, to be honest with you. Uh, MG's Raiders, how much better would the Lakers be if they had a healthy DeMarcus? I think they would be a little bit better uh, because you would, then you would have a, sh- a real stretch five um, because that's not something that JaVale McGee and or um, Dwight Howard really bring to the table despite the fact that they shoot three-pointers in, in pregame and in practices and stuff like that. But they're not. You don't want them shooting three-pointers. But I, where I think DeMarcus would have been able to bring that kind of thing and actually be able to uh, shoot some three-pointers and get some around the basket, some um, extra bat buckets around the basket. He would be helpful. I just, we talked about this on Monday, and I it's just not going to happen. They're not, you're not going to see him because he he's pretty much out for the year, and I think Aaron was talking about that uh, the other day. DJV, incredible. Do you think Frank doesn't trust AD enough to be the primary scorer, and that's why LBJ doesn't get enough rest? No, I think that is uh, completely off. To be honest with you, so no offense. I mean, have a, it's a great question, but no. Uh, Anthony Davis does play plenty of minutes without LeBron on the without LeBron on the floor. They're better together. It's just how it is. And there's a whole thing. If you look up some of the guys, uh, my guy BJ underscore meta had a whole thing about Anthony Davis and LeBron about whether how Anthony Davis plays with LeBron off the floor. And it's a negative. He is a negative net rating when LeBron is off the court. It doesn't mean that he's not that he's not capable of doing it. You saw him put up 41 points tonight. That was not all with LeBron on the floor. And those are the types of things that, you know, Anthony Davis is completely trustworthy Frank Vogel trusts him complicitly, and this is you're going to see that a lot throughout. And those, now you're going to have one on the floor and one off at certain times, and that way it keeps one of them out there playing as much as possible. Um, let's see. I got Phil down. What's up, Phil? Uh, we wouldn't have Dwight Howard if DeMarcus Cousins was healthy. Potentially, we would be worse. There's two different ways to look at it. So yes, you would not have Dwight Howard if DeMarcus Cousins was healthy. Could we be worse? Yes, it depends. You're not going to get the same type of energy that you're getting from Dwight, from DeMarcus, but you could also have a different team with him where you wouldn't be starting, probably wouldn't be starting JaVale, you'd probably be starting Cousins at this point, and the game would be flowing through Cousins a little bit more, and JaVale would be coming off the bench where he fits better with Rondo and Kuzma running up and down the floor and being more of a fast-paced offense. But because you have Dwight, Dwight is coming off the bench, and he's giving you that energy boost And why your second team has been acceptable or good where tonight he was getting a bunch of lobs and he was getting a bunch of his points because the Pelicans had nobody to guard any of them. Uh, Chris Escada eight. How the hell do you keep your cool be Uh, huh? Um, let's, I'm going to leave that one alone. Um, Aaron Marsoul some, that version, that version we was decent offensively. And as Greg mentioned, he can shoot it. Yes. Uh, so I think, uh, I'm not getting anything into any with that. Let's go back to Joe Cool, 1967. Dwight has taken a step back in his play lately. Uh, he has been... Look, this is who Dwight Howard is, though. If, if you're expecting Dwight Howard to have 16 and 10 on a nightly basis, that's not what it's going to be. And this is something that I've talked about a ton with Mason in Ireland and why I was kind of iffy on him is because... And like how I love to say him right now... That whatever you get from Dwight Howard and Javale McGee, you kind of combine them, and that's all extra scoring, extra boards, extra blocks, all the things that really help you win games. But they're not things that are going to they're not they're not necessary as much as they're. It really helps them when win these games. They're they're extra points is what the way kind of way I want to say. It. That doesn't it's not coming off exactly how I want to say it, but. Dwight is a guy that's going to get you two points, four points in a game. He's going to get you six boards, and he's going to block a couple shots, and he's going to have a big block in the second quarter that you know helps you get on a run, and then you go down on the other floor and hit a wide-open three-pointer or a a breakaway dunk from LeBron James. Whatever it happens to be, that's what Dwight Howard is going to bring with you. He's going to bring that energy. He's going to play good defense. He's going to get boards that he probably shouldn't be getting that other guys wouldn't be getting. Um, It's kind of like that whole... um, wasn't it um Dennis Rodman type thing where going up for boards that you just probably the other team should be able to grab, but he's doing Kenrich Williams was doing kind of the same deal where just that extra effort on the boards where you're getting offensive rebounds or defensive rebounds that over bigger guys because that's what that's what Dwight is going to bring to you and that's why I like him. So it's just expect it. They're they're icing on the cake scoring. Thank you, SoCal King thirty two. Uh Michael Themis, ha 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 Greg is I don't know what that was. Does Cousins deserve a ring, win a championship? Alex Trin, 93. Cousins, if the Lakers win a championship and he's on the team, then he's going to get one. I don't know how else to to put it. Does he deserve it? He didn't play, so it's really however you want to look at it. And I appreciate it, Michael Thomas. Uh, Yes, you can DM me, but I'm professional in that I work at ESPN, but that's about as professional as that is I'm a, I'm a fan I watch the games like you I like I like digging deep into it and answering questions with you guys and what I think and what you think and that's what this is all about um, senior senior Moody <laughs> McGee is terrible I, he's not terrible like he's just who he is I think he's being misused and that's what I've been saying since the beginning of the year he's misused being in that front on that starting lineup you don't want to change it because they're 16 and 2. But now you're starting to see some of these things, and who do you who do you move in? Maybe you don't move Dwight Howard in. Maybe you do move Dwight Howard in. Whatever it happens to be, Javale McGee fits better on a faster pace offense. It is a slow down half court offense in the, for that starting lineup. When you have Anthony Davis and LeBron and Danny Green, and when Avery Bradley's back there or KCP, when you have those guys, that is a slow down half court offense. There's not speed out there. JaVale needs to be running up and down the floor. And as Aaron would know, and maybe he can answer to this yet as well, when he was with the Warriors, lob dunks, and you're just having got him going up and down the floor, and that's where he's most effective. Getting 10 to 20 minutes a game, maybe even ten to fifteen, and just getting those lob dunks and being moving up and down the floor, getting a, a chase down block and or getting a big time rebound and throwing going up the other end. That's what JaVale McGee is great at, and I think that's where he fits better on that second team with guys that want to run, like Rondo, like uh, Kuzma. And how many times have we seen Rondo on the second unit sprint up the floor and stop at the three-point line because nobody's, got, nobody's gotten back yet? So he has to stop. He's got to bring it back. He wants to run, and I think that's where it would fit in better with uh javel mcgee there but eventually that's eventually i think that move will be made they're just not going to change anything because again 16 and 2 so we have to be happy laker fans best team in all of basketball especially by record wise 16 and 2 it's a big deal remember that 16 and 2 let's say it one more time together 16 and 2 and that is by far the best in the nba Actually not by far. I mean, Milwaukee's fifteen and three and the Nuggets are, you know, right there too. But for the most part, sixteen and two is huge. Um, all right, J three, Arturo three. I like how Coach Vogel sticked with Caruso down the stretch. So do I, and I was talking about that a lot. That is one of the adjustments that Frank Vogel and his staff make that's because Drew Holiday was destroying the Lakers in the first half. Twenty-five points, getting it from everywhere. He was hitting three pointers, he was getting to the basket, he was getting his own rebounds. There was a lot of things that he was doing that you're not that It was stopped because of Caruso guarding him and how he had to play on the defensive end. Uh, Blake Sinclair, delight would be, I'm saying Dwight would be wise to utilize the best Lakers asset they have for him. Michael Thompson had almost the exact transition from star player to a key role player with great success. Dwight is playing in that, in that same role. Hope this game makes AD grow. This is Loso. he had 41 points and nine rebounds with three steals and a block. I'd, I don't know what else you want him to do. I mean, they were feeding him in the post. They were having him shoot jumpers. They were having him shoot three pointers. They were going over the top so he can get little easy buckets. I I don't know what more you kind of want him to grow into being able to do with having the most points ever uh, against a former team in their first time playing them. Forty one points is that's huge. And also, I don't know if I said this yet, which I it's. I'm sorry if I didn't, but congratulations to LeBron James, thirty-three thousand points. Only the fourth player in NBA history to have thirty-three thousand points. That's gigantic number. So congratulations to LeBron James. Huge, huge number. Absolutely, congratulations, buddy. That's uh, that's fantastic. Uh, I wait. I can't wait till AB gets back from Michael Thomas. Yes, I agree. Um, I can't wait. To, I would like for him to be back. I, it's going to be interesting, though, because KCP has been playing way better on the front. Take tonight out. KCP has been playing much better in that starting lineup than he had been coming off the bench. So, But Avery Bradley is probably going to go back to being at that point. Uh, let's see. 16-2. and two. Yes, 16-2. and two. There you go. Saying it with me. Um, depends where you look. The last I checked, it was around 22nd hardest. Yeah, it's changed. After about 10 games... The Lakers were had the best had like the fourth best record or the best fourth hardest schedule. And now it's been a bunch of easy teams in a row. And that's why they're sitting here at 16 and 2, because they're beating the good teams. But you have to beat them. And that's the thing. And I had somebody on inst on Twitter talking to me today a little bit about how, oh well, the Clippers beat up on the Pelicans. So how are we losing by so how much are we only by winning by so little against the Pelicans? Totally different circumstances, totally different night. The ball falls differently night in, night out. You're going to get a different type of game. You're not putting out as much effort. You're still getting effort against the, the Clippers, but maybe you'll step back when you're down a little bit where you wouldn't against the Lakers. You want to put a hurting on the Lakers, and you want to show what, you, what they lost by trading away uh, Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart, so they were coming out on fire tonight. The whole, the, you're not getting those boos against the Clippers. You're getting those boos against the Lakers, and that happens at a lot of stadium or arenas. Excuse me. Baja Fresca. All four players over 30k were Laker players. Lakers, but yes, at one point. I mean, I know we don't like to, we don't like to consider. Um, Carl Malone as a Laker player, but yes, he, Carl Malone did spend a year. And yes, the mailman does have, there is a Laker jersey with a Malone on the back. So they were all Lakers players. And that is obviously, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, Carl Malone, the man Kobe Bryant, and now LeBron James, all over 33,000 points. Huge, huge number for all those guys. Uh, this is Loto is not, this is Loso is not efficient. Braun carried the wind. Okay, take away the 41 points. I mean, yes, Braun was huge, and Braun was great. And he was 29 points, 11 assists, 5 boards, 2 steals, a block. Um, he did turn over the ball a decent amount, but he also was playing good defense where he was, you know, he had some blocks. He had, That one block was a nice block. He had a he had a, um, a charge call against him, which you get only him and Caruso really do for the most part every once in a while KCP. But uh, for those 41 points, as much as you want to say it, 15 to 30 is still 50%. This is LoSo, So so it's and also he's taking a lot of jump shots that he probably shouldn't have been taking. Um, let's see. I got fire show media on YouTube. Happy Thanksgiving, bro. Sub my page Lakers content. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. Sub our page too, fire show media. Appreciate that. And happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to all. And, uh, I'm going to go ahead and probably end this in just a few minutes, Um, If Aaron, if MT is there, go ahead and answer some of the questions that you've heard on here. Um, Let's see, MG's Raiders, we started missing shots and they started making shots and then we tightened up on D. and And then the game turned. Yes, it turned in the fourth quarter when they started missing shots because there was no way that they were going to stay as hot as they were in that first half. No team stays that hot through all four quarters. It just doesn't happen unless you're a really good team. And unfortunately, that's not what the Pelicans are. They're not that good team yet. They're not that team that's built to play in the fourth quarter. They were great for the first three quarters all fell apart in the fourth because that's when the, the legs start getting a little more tired. Then you start taking shots that maybe you wouldn't be taking. You're getting guarded a little bit closer by Alex Caruso. It's, it, those things start changing and that's when the Lakers step in and start hitting their shots, getting to the basket, getting to the foul line and those are all big things to help the Lakers get some victories. And I want to see LeBron was, went to the free- throw line 11 times tonight. so that's now 19 times in his last two games. The fouls are starting to come. They're still not fully there, but they're starting to come. He's starting to get to the foul line. He just needs to hit them. 7-11, he did hit six. I think it was four or four I think it was either four or six down the stretch that he really that he hit that were big big time uh, shots that took kept you ahead and kept you with the lead, kept you ahead in the game. big time shots from him. Uh, let's see, Chase Falk, can Lakers fan chill? Y'all haven't beat a worthy opponent. No, so he came in here to, to troll, essentially. Got it. Um, they have beaten some worthy opponents. Dallas is a very good team. They beat them. They, they beat them. Miami Heat were a, are a very good team this year. Beat up on them. It's also only 18 games, and they play with the schedule that's in front of them. They lost to Toronto at home, um, which is a tough game, But they also and they lost to the Clippers, and that was on opening night. Really got to see what else happens there, but I think we're really going to see what's happening in December with this team. December is really going to say, fourteen games. How are they doing that? If you end up ten and four, you're looking great. If you end up you fourteen and zero, which is not going to happen. But if you if you end up you know seven and seven, you're starting to worry a little bit because that means they're losing, but they're still winning some of those games. So they're going to start worrying after five hundred. But anything with a winning record, I think you're looking. That's a that's a good overall december because that's really tough a lot of on on the road a ton it's tough to play on the road so if they go 10 and 4 i think that's a great great december if they go 10 and 4 uh hearts left knee says fourth quarter is after all fouls against ad happened too so bigs are in foul trouble yes there's a lot of that too and that's when they start getting there but all right I think I got enough for one, two more questions uh, and then I'm going to get out of here. Not trolling, Greg. Big fan of you, my man. I appreciate you, Chase. I, I Thank you for that. This is LBJ's farewell tour for 23. This is a big season for him. Yes, I agree. Uh, Phoenix was good. Phoenix was good and they're still playing decently, but they're not... I wouldn't call Phoenix some great team uh, by any means. They're still... At, last I saw, they were below 500. They may be right around 500 now, but they're not fully there yet. That That team always never seemed like they were going to fully click but at the time yes they were good and they beat a clippers team earlier in the year uh you can only play the games in front of you people need to chill it was it was all it all it will even out exactly and they have a ton of tough games coming up so you can if you want to say some bad stuff about them in in december if they lose then that's then we'll talk about it then but right now december you're hoping for a big win all right that's going to do it for me. It's been it's been enough time. I'm out of here. It's a weekend. It's a Thanksgiving weekend, so I have a whole 4 days off from work. I'm not going to be doing anything except for being with family for the most part. So I'm out of here. Thank you very much. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you, to you and yours and to everyone. So happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Melissa. Happy Thanksgiving, Mikey. Thank you guys all for being here on the Showtime Forum. I am Greg Bergman, at BergmanGreg on Twitter, at BergmanGreg on Instagram. And we, I will be talking to you guys again very, very soon. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. It's Lakers, 16-2. and two. Out of here. See ya.